So, in the last few weeks here, we've been going through a series called Praying God's Will, where we've been breaking down the Lord's Prayer from Matthew chapter 6, and it's been really cool. Um, today I'm going to be wrapping up verse 10 uh, with on earth as it is in heaven. But before we get there, I'd like to backtrack a little bit and touch on some of the first parts of the verse and kind of tie it all together. <clears throat> so, before we get started, if we can pull up Matthew 6, uh, 9 through 13. And if everyone's comfortable doing so, um, would like to read the Lord's Prayer out loud together. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Father God, we just come to be with you this morning, Lord. Father, I lay um, my will, my preferences, my message, Lord, I lay it at your feet, Father, and I just ask that your Holy Spirit would speak through me, Lord, as I share what it is that you have on your heart. Lord, we just love you so much. And we're in awe of the ways that you love us. In Jesus' name, amen. So, <clears throat> as uh, Mark's been sharing in the last few weeks, uh, the Lord's Prayer is the perfect prayer. It was provided to us by God, and is a prayer that when we pray it, we know we are praying in complete alignment with his will. Mark covered your kingdom come and your will be done. But again, like I said, I'd like to kind of touch on some of those. So uh, let's start with your kingdom come. So Mark preached a few weeks ago that the kingdom is here and now. Um, that the reference in that scripture isn't to the second coming of Christ, but that Jesus is the kingdom and the king. And where the king is, his kingdom is also. So the kingdom of God on earth is the Holy Spirit living in the hearts of Christians, of believers. So, doesn't that mean that the kingdom has come? So, if it's come, then why do we pray for it? Well, it's because the kingdom is still coming. It's, it's, not, it's not done yet. <clears throat> uh, if you look at the word come in this passage, and I'm going to butcher this, I'm sure, but it's erhanai, and its primary definition is to come, speaking of persons, to come from one place to another, and it's used to describe both persons arriving and those returning. So his kingdom is still coming. We know that there are many that still don't know the Lord, <clears throat> that don't have Jesus in their hearts, and they still need to come into the kingdom of God, into his presence, and he into their hearts. So that prayer is definitely in alignment with God's will. In 1 Timothy 2, 1-4, it says this, First of all, then I urge that entreaties, being seeking or asking, and prayers, petitions and thanksgivings, be made on behalf of all men, for kings and for all who are in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires that all men be saved, and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So God's desire is that not one would perish, right? Everyone is saved. God doesn't always get his way here. 
But that's his heart. That's his desire. That's his will. That was his, you know, that's his plan. <clears throat> so when we pray for his kingdom to come, we're asking God to bring in the lost. That's part of that prayer. That his kingdom continues to expand. And that definition also speaks to those returning. So God wants that as well. There's some that have walked away or become separated. And like the parables of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the prodigal son, his will and desire is for those to come back. All of these parables are found in Luke 15, so if you're not familiar with all of them, I encourage you to, to go and study them. But <clears throat> in these parables, the sheep at one point was with its shepherd, the coin with its owner, the son with his father in his father's house, and they became separated. It's not clear in each instance what happened to cause the separation, but in the case of the prodigal, it was his choice. So let's read Luke 15, 11 through 24. And he said, <clears throat> A man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate that falls to me. So he divided his wealth between them. And not many days later, the younger son gathered everything together and went on a journey into a distant country. And there he squandered his estate <clears throat> with loose living. Now when he had spent everything, a severe famine occurred in that country, and he began to be impoverished. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine were eating, and no one was giving him anything. But when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have had more than enough bread to eat, but I am <clears throat> dying here with hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired men. So he got up and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion for him, and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, but I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. And bring the fattened calf, kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. And they began to celebrate. So God wants us to pray for his kingdom to come, for, for his lost to join the kingdom, and those that may have wandered away to come back. That's his heart and his desire and his will. And it should be ours as well. We should want God's will in our lives. Think for a minute about that story of the prodigal son. Do you think that that was God's will for him? That he would go and squander his inheritance and be starving and lose sight of his, um, you know, his sonship? That's, that wasn't his will. I don't believe that was his will. But God is good. And as is demonstrated, accepted him back in open arms, and he'll do that with us too. But that's why we should want God's will in our life and not our own. <clears throat> we saw with the prodigal that God gave us free will. So we can choose our will over his if we want to. But God asks us to pray that his will be done, to choose his will over our own, because he loves us. God's will is perfect. His plans for us are better than anything we could come up with on our own. <clears throat> In Jeremiah 
It says this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. The word plan, plans, in this passage, means thoughts, plans, purpose. As Mark shared last week, God has an opinion. He has an opinion. He has thoughts. He has a plan. He has a purpose. And we we should want that. Because he knows best. We're, We're limited in our perspective and our view and our knowledge. But God knows all things. He is unlimited in his perspective. He's not bound by anything. So we should be asking God, what is your will? What is your plan for me? And we should seek his wisdom. In James 1.5 it says, But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Thank you, brother. I got one down there, but it's wrong. It's all good. So, we should be checking in with God as we go throughout our day, throughout our lives, as we make decisions. And we should be seeking His wisdom. So, how are the ways that we can know what God's will is? There's there's two that I see for sure. In in Logos and in in Rhema. So in His Word and in, in His speaking. So in His Word, God reveals His will to us. His, his will is revealed all throughout the Bible. <clears throat> that not one should perish. That we should love one another. That we should pray without ceasing. That we would share the gospel with all nations. That we should live a life full of grace for others. And that's just a short list, guys. It is full of what God wants for us. The plans He has for us. The purposes for our lives. If we're praying His will be done, we should be seeking out His will. And one place that it can be found is in His Word. But He also reveals His will to us in His speaking, in His rhema. We have the Holy Spirit within us to guide us into all truth. And God will speak to us and reveal His will to us. He can be speaking into our spirit. He may give us pictures or dreams or visions. But He wants to talk to us. He wants to share His plans with us. So we should be sure to remain locked in with Him. Focused on the Holy Spirit. Listening. Open. Always putting God in the center. In Acts 18, 9-11, it says this, One night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision, Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent. For I am with you. And no one is going to attack and harm you because I have many people in the city. So Paul stayed in Corinth for a year and a half teaching them the word of God. So in the, in the scriptures before that, <clears throat> it shows that Paul was preaching to the Jews and they were resistant and just didn't want anything to do with it. And so Paul was like, well, fine, I'll just move along. I'll go preach to the Gentiles. That's cool. But that's not what God's will was for Paul. So God revealed that will to him. But how many times do we find ourselves doing that in our lives? Where maybe we're seeking God and we're, we're hearing from the Lord and we head down a path and then we come up against some resistance. 
And so we question. We think maybe we misheard the Lord. Maybe we're going the wrong way. That's not always the case. So we have to be open to, to the Lord to hear from Him and check with Him and ask, Lord, it, you know, this is tough, but is your will being done in this? Is this, did I mishear you? Is, is this where I'm supposed to be headed? And if we're going the wrong way, He'll let us know. But I think oftentimes when we encounter resistance, not every time, but oftentimes it's a sign that we're actually going the right way. And I say that because any time that you're taking ground, any time that you're advancing the kingdom, that you're moving into the plans and purposes that God has for your life, the enemy is going to push back. You are going to feel resistance. So in my life, I found that to be true. When I feel the most resistance, when I feel the most force pushing me back, I know that I'm going the right way. Because the enemy doesn't want that. He wants to seek, kill, and destroy. So like Paul, in that scenario, you know, it gets frustrating or it's hard. But we've got to rely on God. We've got to be open and listen to Him and, and make sure that, that we're heading the right way. And know that sometimes that resistance means that breakthrough is right around the corner. <clears throat> so we want God's will to be done. He asks us to pray this because He knows best. He loves us. When we pray that His will be done, we can do so with the full assurance that the outcome, regardless of the situation, will be the best possible outcome. No matter what it is, we just have to know and trust that He knows best and that He's not going to lead us down the wrong path. We have to be willing and able to lay our will aside knowing that He knows all. He sees things we can't see. God's will in our limited perspective can look scary at times. As Mark shared last week, sometimes we have to walk through the valley with God to get to God's best for us on the other side. We have to be in alignment with Him and trust Him fully. And that brings us to the last part of verse 10. On earth as it is in heaven. <clears throat> we have to trust God fully. We have to know that His will is best for us. God asks us to pray His will be done on earth as it is in heaven because in heaven God's will is executed perfectly. There's no resistance. There's no delay. All of the angels, all of the believers that have gone and are with Him in, in heaven are in perfect alignment with God. So there we don't get in the way, other things don't get in the way, His will is perfectly executed. And that's what He wants. He doesn't want us to have to walk through things more difficult than necessary. He doesn't want us to have to stumble and, and, and go through all of this stuff. So he, he asks us to pray that His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Here we can choose our will over His. <clears throat> but we should submit our will to God's will that we don't delay His will, that there's no rebellion in us, that there's no stubbornness, stubbornness in us, that there's no reluctance in us, that we fully trust and act in accordance with His will as it is revealed in His Word and through His Spirit in us. Friends, the Lord's Prayer is powerful. 
The more we study this, the more I just see the power in this prayer. When we pray it, we know we are fully aligned with Him. And there's power in that. There's power in being fully in alignment with God. I think that the Lord's Prayer reveals His kingdom and our purpose in it. It speaks to a church empowered and saints empowered. It speaks to how we should live. It speaks of honor and displays God's glory. Brian, if you could come up. So, some of you guys may be fans of the Message Bible. If you've never heard of it, it's it's a, it's an attempt to put the word into a, a contemporary language, and and sometimes it presents the word in really cool ways and just gives you a different spin or perspective on things. But then other times it also presents something that makes me wonder if they were reading the same Bible. I'm just being honest. It's sometimes it's a little off, but I like to look at that because it's cool to get just different perspectives and a different take or a different way of things or. You hear something over and over again, but then somebody says it a different way and it just clicks with you or whatever, you know? So in this case, when I looked at the Message Bible's translation, it was a bit of a mess, just saying. But in seeking that, um, the Lord shared this with me. And it was, you know, the Lord just kind of said, you want, you want a, different, a different take, a different spin, a different view? Here's one for you. <clears throat> Our righteous King that sits upon the throne most high we honor your name and pray that you be glorified. May your spirit live and reign freely in us and come to those that don't know your love and salvation. Help us to place your will above our own, to love, to have grace, to share the gospel and expand your kingdom. Help us to do this with full trust and without delay. Lord, we desire a closeness with you Meet with us daily. Let us walk closely with you. Help us to live lives full of grace for one another, demonstrating honor for each other and for you. Let us represent you well. Lead us down your path, away from sin, and out of the traps of our enemy. For this vessel is your kingdom. The power within it is from you to bring you glory forever and ever. Amen. I just thought that was really cool. The Lord just loves us so much that when we seek Him, He reveals Himself in in ways that are very personal and loud sometimes. The Lord's Prayer recognizes God's rule and reign. It shows honor to Him. It places His plans and purposes at the forefront in our lives. It speaks His will and plans. It shows us what our relationship with him should look like. It reminds us to love, to have grace for one another. It displays our need for God to help us walk out our faith and keep us on the right path. It brings honor and glory and praise to God. Guys, this is a church empowered. This is us walking out in power. And that's what we should be praying for.